Hey everybody, we are at the Global Leadership Summit in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we are doing another segment of Ask Me Anything, and this time... Uh, we got Tom Cruise here. I'm kidding. It's Pastor Craig Grishel from Life Church, and we are so excited. So prepare yourself for a uh, a provocative version of Ask Me Anything. Uh oh. Pastor Craig has written so many incredible books that mean a lot to me. And anytime a man of his stature and longevity and leadership puts pen to paper about leadership, you got to pick it up. And the latest book out is Lead Like It Matters, because it does. They say everything rises and falls on leadership. Pastor Craig, thank you for writing the book and thank you for being here for Ask Me Anything. Are you ready? Hey, I'm ready. Let's do it. Pastor Craig, I'm so excited to have you. You know this. I don't think you believe me. You still haven't taken me seriously. But now that you're a grandfather, you have four or six grandchildren. I have four and one bacon, so that's five. See, I knew there was, I sensed that prophetically. Say, yes. There was more coming. You're like, you're and I felt like God told me you're going to have at least six. Like, Judah, of course we are. I think we will. Um, I probably didn't <laughs> need a prophetic word. But you are a hero to me. You've been a hero to me for a really long time. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Um, I love you so much. And one of the reasons here at Ask Me Anything, I want you to know, I'm allowed to ask you anything. Perfect. Did you know that? I, Did I'll, you sign I'll, the agreement? I will answer most things you most ask, things. probably, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to get into the heavy hitters yet. There's going to there's gonna be some, but, um, you know, it's 2022, and longevity <laughs> has become so sexy to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's just, it's who's still in the game, mm-hmm. and, and life's more than a game, of course, but... Uh, you, you, you're healthy. I often say to other leaders, who do you think is the healthiest pastor? And no one really knows, but my guess is, 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 is Craig and Amy Groeschel. And, uh, I admire you. I love you. Uh, if you don't end well, I will quit. I want you to know that on Ask Me Anything. So if you're out, I'm out. And, uh, I'm going to go be a sports commentator on the golf channel. Other than that, how do you keep up the uh, longevity. How do you stay so healthy? Well, first, thank you for the kind words. It's and true. Uh, and Amy, and I feel the same about you guys. Like when when you look out there and you see which marriages do you believe are going to go and be strong, we look at you and Chelsea and, and, and feel the same way. Thank so you you, 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 you um, I do love her a lot. You do, and and you should. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you should. She's, I married way. We both we both did well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um uh I feel very very passionate about. Um, going the long haul, I think that that yes, we all do. should. And one of the things that we kind of did early on is we tried to create a game plan mm. to be successful because you no one ever falls into the wrong stuff intentionally. It's always accidentally. So what we want to do is create an intentional game plan that would strengthen our marriage, guard um, against any kind of you know um, temptations yep. that would be yep. uh, um, difficult to manage. And so, so we do a lot, I mean, of, of, you know, a lot, a lot of different things. And uh, one of the top priorities really is is the marriage, um, making that a, a priority all the time. That That is, it, we have six kids, and so that's a lot of kids, right? And three son-in-laws now? Yeah, three son-in-laws. And um, yeah, I have a very um, strict interview process before that. Yeah, I was like, do you like all three, or is there like one that you don't like? This yeah, is Ask Me Anything. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I, I like them all. I like some more than others. <laughs> 
<laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, no, that they're, they're actually no, they're awesome. they're incredible incredible guys. But uh, it, what we want is we want, we want to create a holistic family culture that is centered around Jesus and, and it goes towards successful success. So when like when the son son laws come in, they're yeah. they're kind of signing into a a way of thinking, um, a way of doing life, a way of doing family, and and we try to bring them into it, give them the freedom to create their own family dynamics and traditions as well. But wow. uh, kind of like your church, if a church culture is healthy and a person comes into it, the odds of them being healthier are much higher than if a person comes into an unhealthy culture. So it's not just rules and you got to date your wife and kiss a lot and don't look at bad websites. It's not, it's not right. that. It's a holistic culture that says, these are the things that we strive for. These, these are the things that we value. Here's the type of people that we're around. Here's how we guard our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health. And it all matters. It, 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 it's, it all matters. People often only see the mm-hmm. physical, like what kind of physical shape are you? And that's just, right. that's a small Which you've piece. let yourself go. I do want to confront you on that. <laughs> you really put on the pounds. Hey, but, we're, you know, we're we'll in talk Chicago about that later. and we might do uh, deep dish later. pizza once a year while we're here. <laughs> I mean, you look like you're starving yourself, Pastor Greg. I'm this sorry. is getting ridiculous okay. and I'm sick and tired of it. Um, what's the secret sauce? Like how, meaning when I say secret sauce, it's like people know the sauce. It's like, oh, it's ketchup, it's mayo. But like, what's the ingredients that makes up the secret sauce of your family culture? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm talking to someone who has six children, yep. three three son-in-laws, four grandchildren, one on the way. You've been pastoring for 129 years. Um, what's the secret old, sauce? <laughs> I, I, I would say, I, I'd say we, we have to be value-centered. So what are the values? And that's one thing that we just love about you, that you, wow. you really build your life around what you value. And so our values don't have to be the same, mm. but they need to be, I would believe, be Christ-centered. So you know, you can value generosity or integrity or wow. humility or passion, ministry, evangelism. There's a lot of different great values, but what we, we want to be really clear as to what those are. And then we want to be very disciplined around them. And so discipline is a- it's, A commitment to them. It's a commitment to them, yeah. And it's, it's a commitment to the systems that lead to the outcome. And so if, if you want to talk about, you know, how do you- um, get in good physical shape. It's not just going to the gym and throwing weights around. It's it's from the from the time you go to bed, what time you go to bed, to the time you get up, it's what you drink wrong. all day, what you eat, what you put in your bodies, your supplements, your you know your physical checkups. There's a whole bunch that goes into it. And so to me, that's profoundly spiritual. It's all spiritual. That if if Truly. If, if my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I want to I want to take care of the temple. Um, same with with my mind. That if I'm thinking about the wrong things, if I'm you know always negative, then my mind's I'm going to create negative neural pathways. And so I want to want to create the discipline to train my mind and to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so in, in every single area, it's really about disciplines. And then people will say, you know, like oh, you're so disciplined. Like they're they're missing the point. Like I'm not disciplined at all. Like I like donuts. I like pizza. <laughs> I like sleeping in. So sometimes I don't want to work out. Whatever. But it's it's choosing like those my things. Weekend. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, choo- it's choosing what we want most mm. over what we want now. That's a, a good definition. That is, this is so this is what I want, clear. Want over what I want now. I would ask you the same thing. So you're you have one of the marriages that a lot of pastors would say. What is it you do, you and Chelsea? What kind of rhythms do you have? What is it that you do to to stay um, stay in love when many don't? Well, thanks for turning this interview on me and Pastor Craig while we're on the topic. It's that that I'm truly in charge. And that really is the secret sauce at our house. It's like Chelsea does whatever I say. And uh, I just want to, for everyone listening, I want to put that out there. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my word, am I kidding? Uh, Chelsea, if you're listening to this, please. I, it was a joke, babe. Um, 
It's interesting, you know, while I'm listening to you, and this always happens with me when we're together, and I, I feel like that's a subtle flex that I get to be with you a lot, um, but but uh, your personality and my personality are so different. I don't know where we land on the Enneagram or which one's the number or which one's the concrete sequential or the abstract random. I'm kind of lost on all the personality tests. By the way, that's a personality. My personality <laughs> gets lost in personality tests, and I feel boxed in. But um, it is interesting because when I – get with you. I need more of how you are wired. Like it speaks to me deeply. And because same. I enjoy how you're wired. You do. Yeah. I enjoy the fun, the flexibility. I comb my hair allowed. today. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're no, better looking than Tom Cruise now, by the way. You're I don't funny. care what anybody says. I really don't. Top Gun or not. Um, having said that, it, what, what I love about being with you is I feel like hopefully, I look at my kids. I have, I have a son like you and then I have another son like me. And as a dad, I'm looking at these boys and I'm going, man, if I speak to them the same, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to get the same outcome. Yep. And so how do I speak the language of a random abstract seven or eight? Mm-hmm. How do I speak a three language yep. or a concrete sequential? And what I love about what you share is it's, it's, it's transcendent concepts, meaning anyone can practice discipline. Now, how you practice discipline can be very spontaneous. Yes. And I would say that I am spontaneously disciplined every day, meaning I'll do different disciplines at different times because mm-hmm. that keeps it like, I'm a rebel. Ooh, I prayed at, at 6 p.m. today instead yep. of 6 a.m. But um, that kind of set me free because I would listen to great men and did at a young age like you and go, all right, I need to be like Pastor Craig and I need to have every meal planned. And I, you know, I know you enough to know it's like you eat the same thing almost every day. And I need to like, I need to like, I need to like explore the world and just like experience stuff. But <clears throat> I've learned that discipline is a part of anyone's life. Yep. But assimilating it can be different, correct? A hundred percent. And I think that's super wise, especially with your kids. What you want to do is, you know, you want to find exactly what are they interested in? What are they mm. passionate about? Where are they gifted? And then highlight that. And you, what you said is really brilliant. Some of the best disciplines would be random. For example, if you go to the gym and do the same weights in the same way every day, your muscles get used to that. That's not good. You want to shock them. Whoa. And so you want to come in, you want to do different types of motions with different amounts of weights and that shocks your muscles. And so that's a, it's a discipline with variety. And yep. that that's, would be how you would be. I would say like you're incredibly relationally disciplined and you probably wouldn't call it that because it's way too relational and, <laughs> and discipline sounds not relational, right? But right. you are like, you know, I'll receive random texts from you in the mid, we haven't talked in a long time. Love you, pastor. I'm thinking you. about you, pastor. <laughs> miss you, pastor. And that's, that's a discipline that you've chosen to do that's relational. And it's, it's random, but it's it's a part of what makes you you. And again, that's around your values. And mm. so it's it's not a style. It's not a you got to get a, be an early person or a night person or a make your meals ahead of time or a not person. But it's we define our values and then we take our personality type and we create the disciplines or the spontaneity, whatever you know, whatever it is around those values that bring about the outcomes that we want. And so that's the way a linear person would think about it. You might throw, you might draw something on the wall that gets to that. But the bottom line is, we're going to take what is important to us wow. uh, in the way that we're wired, and yeah. we're going to channel our energy either rhythmically, creatively, systematically, spontaneously, whatever. But we're going to put it in that direction and make sure that. The outcome we get is intentional, but not accidental. Totally. So let me let me dig a little bit deeper and ask you this. When Craig Rochelle, who naturally, you're not naturally, but over time you have developed a very disciplined mm-hmm. lifestyle. 
on the days you wake up like like all of us and you're like, I absolutely do not feel like doing this particular discipline. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just don't feel like being disciplined at all. What is the catalyst? Mm -hmm. What gets Craig Rochelle off the couch in the gym, Mm -hmm. out of your bed on your knees, you know, to pray, whatever it is, what's the catalyst? So I'd say a couple of things. That's a great question too. And one of them is that you learn to like the way you feel when you overcome the inertia of being against Mm. it. So you feel like you win at something. And so there are a lot of days you don't you don't feel it. And but but what happens is when you make the right choices, you get a dopamine release in your body and your brain says, that was fun. And so you feel better when you do. And it's you you like to feel better. And so it's it's um what's crazy is like when you start changing your diet, I used to have a eat anything diet, and then I started being more uh, strict about it. like, I don't like this stuff. I don't know, this is boring. And then after a while, you kind of conform to it. And you're going, this is actually really good. You find the kind of rhythms you like. And so then you look forward to what you used to dread. It's crazy. And you you, you literally, your appetite changes, your um, what you enjoy changes. Like who likes to go out and get, you know, work your brains out and sweat that's 5 a.m.? Right. Nobody, until you do it for a while and then you you value it. And then the, the other thing too is, is that in my mind, I often lack confidence. I feel very undisciplined. I feel like I'd rather be lazy. I remember being a kid going, I want shortcuts. I don't want to work hard. <laughs> I'm not good enough. And so in, when I do like one more, if I'm doing 10 reps in the gym, I'm going to do one more, I'm going to do 11. And it go like, oh, yeah, I'm pushing it. And so it's just it's, <laughs> it's a psychological thing of I'm overcoming the thing that I don't want to do. And it makes me feel like I'm making progress. I want to, you know, like everybody else, I'm insecure, never feel good enough. How am I, how am I gonna be cool enough to hang out with Judah? Yeah. So if I get, if I, right? But if I give myself a little bit of something that says, yeah. you got an edge, you pushed yourself, that creates confidence everywhere else. And it doesn't take big confidence, just in little pockets. Jeez. It's, it, it, it creates momentum elsewhere. It does. It's it's three days ago or, or two days ago, Chelsea and I, I was like, you know, I'm just feeling sad and, and I get really connected to like the state of the world and that's why the news isn't good for me because I like suddenly feel for everyone, you know, that's going through anything in any part of the world and it's just it's 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 overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And, and, and <laughs> it makes you wonder, is it good for you to consume a lot? And I think a lot of it is saviorism. I think the news has fed this thing where we all think we should know everything that's going on mm-hmm. and apply to humanity as mm-hmm. if we are Jesus Christ. And so, yes, I, I don't really agree with it. And you know I don't really participate. People think I'm foolish because I don't watch Fox or CNN uh, or BBC. But I got really sad the other day. And, and I Chelsea went to bed early, and, and she was kind of sad too. And I, I was sitting on my patio, and it occurred to me um, I need to do something disciplined. Mm-hmm. And because we had been up in the mountains, I've been kind of golfing every day, just hanging and, and, and uh, not, not into anything mischievous or anything, but just, just chilling. So you know what I did? I got out my phone. It's funny you say that. And I just sent about 14 different guys, mm-hmm. text messages, voice memo, encouragement. They all kind of wrote back. It was like a quarter to 11. And I went to bed like a baby, or maybe mm-hmm. not a baby. They don't sleep well, but like, like I just slept so well. Right. To your point, yes. Like you're sitting on your patio, sad, and your brain and body says the la- You want to almost want to be a victim, you know? Like I'm so sad. 
I'm a pastor, I'm a public servant, and it's hard. But what turned the corner is the discipline of giving encouragement when I felt like I needed it most. Mm -hmm. And I woke up the next morning with a fresh perspective, and Chelsea's like, hey, how you doing? I go, hey, I'm having a great day. She goes, what happened? I did what I love to do, and I served some people last night before I went to bed. And that's a reflection of your value. So that's why it's brilliant, because you, you, you value that, and you give it, and then in a way, it kind of comes back to you too because they got to love you back. And, yeah, and you, it, and exactly. you initiated, and a lot of times people don't. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a, and you know, my personality doesn't want to call that a discipline. Do you know, like, you know, I did an interview a, about an hour ago and the guy's like, tell me about character. And I, I was like, call, uh, it something, call it something else. Like, yeah. call, call it, I mean, literally. I have don't, to call it something else. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah like, react. do, like seriously do, yeah. because that, that would my be. My acts of love. Yeah, you want to you rebel against discipline, but you don't want to rebel against intimate friendships or encouragement or being a blessing to others. That's so or you, feeling good in my body or eating healthy. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, so call true. it something else. Let's we'll find a name for it. And I and, and I, I empathize with people R- with my personality R- because they want to call it something else. Consistent random acts of encouragement. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna consistently but randomly but that's it. be a blessing that's to others. That's great. But that's you, you synthesize, and I like I I don't even know what I do. I just go on and you on and on. I have to run on sentence. But yeah. that's what that's one reason I like being at with you is because I am disciplined <laughs> and I'm with you. Like going, you're like a little puppy that's jumping in everybody's lap. You know, you're just like you're all over the place. You're really I like fun. getting his lap. You know, yeah, on the podcast, I, mean, I feel like a little bit like that. Like, are you going to jump in my lap? Let me just pet you while you're over there, okay? You know? I know. I saw you in the hall, and I like yell, and I, I think I scared some nice person walking in the hall, and I was like, oh shoot, I forgot I'm not in, I'm not at home, where I yell and scream. My kids are desensitized. Yeah. Okay, I got another really like really heavy one I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> um, the thing you're most concerned about around the church and why? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start with that. There, right. there would be. I mean, what am I most concerned about? There's, I'd say, let me just start listing. One is I'm so thankful for social media. I'm thankful for YouTube. I'm thankful for streaming sermons. And we were, you know, probably the church that started the first church online with high interaction. As far as I'm concerned, you were. It, it, it pro- might have been. And so we're very passionate about it. We're not pulling back on it. But what we're doing right now is more meaningful than the text that you sent from a distance. So, so physical, emotional connection really, really matters. And there's a lot of people, even a lot of committed Christians that kind of disconnected from the intimacy of fellowship. That, that, that's, I think, one thing. I think um, in my heart, being one who's been in um, ministry for 31 years, now I'm asking, how can we really raise up the next generation? And I just think about it all the time, all the time, all the time. How much is too much to give them? I, I really want to do that well. Mm. I think the uh, the pendulum is kind of swinging. You and I were both kind of in the age of the church that went from being kind of stuffy to being kind of more creative. Hazers. Yeah, yeah the whole thing. And uh <laughs> And it seems to me like going, let's kind of come back to a little center and let's just, let's just kind of preach the gospel and not be too, we, we, weren't, we weren't called to be cool. I mean, yep. if, you, if you're cool, you can't help it. Yeah. That's not your calling. That's, like, not, your that's calling. not your first cool thing. Cool is not you, a you, calling. That's not, people. Vogue but, is not a calling. Yeah, genuine relationship trumps cool every time. Yep. And so I, I'm hoping that we can get over trying to be always cool. I think longevity and conviction becomes the ultimate cool. I think you've gotten cooler with age, to yeah, be honest. You. The first time I met you, you weren't cool at all. Uh, I'm no, kidding. No. That is not true. It's a joke, everybody. Um, no, but you do. You have gotten cooler and cooler. And I think that comes with consistency, longevity, love, care. Um, 
watching Miss Amy become more beautiful. Like you've made your wife beautiful, your kids. Like, so, so I actually think you're cooler than you've ever been. Not that that's our point here, but for the record. No, thank who you. Who am I, I mean, to say you know, that? I, what I will say is that, that decades in, it's more meaningful. You've got longer, yeah. deeper friendships. And when you see your kids, and you know, we can't take credit or total credit or total blame for that's what right, our kids that's do. True. Thank so you for just, saying right. the blame part. Yeah. But when you see them latch on to the gospel and love it, you, that's, you, there's nothing better than that, right? Nothing better. And you, when you see that, you know, like, like you, I mean, you're a, what generation pastor? Seventh generation. Se- seventh generation pastor. And you, lo- you love the church. You I know, do. you love the church. And I, I know do. your dad was a hero to you. And, and I'm sure up at the top of the list of things he was proud of is that you love the church. And so when you see that go deep into your family and you get, like at this event, my kids are here with their friends and that's just super meaningful. And so uh, when I turned about 40, I thought, oh man, I'm not, I'm not, no longer the young guy. And I got real insecure now being in my fifties. I'm going, Hey, I'll just be real good at being a grand dad and granddad. I'm just going to love young people. And, and so it's just, it's settling into wherever you are. Your calling is important at every age, at every stage, mm. embrace it yeah. and don't fight against it. It's, it's, it's fun, fun times. What do you think is the biggest obstacle to keep us from empowering, uh, everybody who's next? Well, I think I think that we tend to be by nature, we like to control things, right? Yeah. We like to think that we know best, which is really stupid. It's always like my theology's best, and you are who again? You, you made you're, like, you're the who de- who deemed you the smartest one? That's oh, right, the I Bible forgot. Way yeah. You're the smart one, and none of the rest None of us. Are dumb. No, we're so, all, we're all dumb. we want to be like, yeah, I, I, like I disagree with him on this, but he's generally a good guy. Like, who's the, who asked you <laughs> what to disagree with? Oh man, if I had a ten dollars for every one of those yeah, conversations, yeah, I, I'll do it too. I could like, buy a car. I like him, but yeah, you know, you know, but you know, like, yeah I don't like, totally agree. Yeah, like, who voted me the 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 yeah. um, <laughs> the captain kid. of the ship? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think that I think that is one thing we have to do. We really. I was the young guy at one point, the rebellious guy doing all the wild video stuff and everybody said that was whatever. What I want to be when the younger generation comes and does it a little differently, I want to be a student, not a critic, to quote Andy Stanley. I want to be a student. I'm not going to pick apart what they're doing. I want to cheer them on. There's a couple of young guys right now going, are you really? Are you kidding me? Is like that really that whatever? And go, you know, maybe I need to pay real close attention and see what can I learn rather than yeah. how. And so if I'm going to be wrong, I want to be wrong cheering them on, not picking them apart. And wow. it's so, so important. Because we're going to be wrong. So we we're might as be well wrong. choose the well, way we're going to How gonna often, be. when we were 22, how, how often do we go, those old people don't get it? And they, they didn't see what we saw. And we also didn't know what they knew. And so we're very incomplete without each other. So really? we need, there was a time when I needed the older generation to put their arm around me and say, don't be dumb. Yep. You know, and here's how you stay on the track. And, and um, now I need the younger generation to say, here's our language. Here's how we vibe. Here's, 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 here's what matters to us. Here's how you reach us. Here's what, don't try this. That's stupid. You know, um, and together, you know, instead of just being a, hey, we're an aging church or, hey, we're a young church, being a multi-generational yes. church, multi, multi-racial, very, very diverse people around. The, that's, that's really pleasing to God. It's helpful, healthy, and we all get better that way. This is of no consequence, but a little caveat. Aren't you grateful that um, we're old enough to not have all of our young, younger day sermons on, on like a oh website gosh, somewhere? Oh my no idea. I, I, I uh, don't think I, I, I don't think these young preachers know. I'm like, guys, don't podcast all your sermons. Oh all of gosh. them are not podcastable. This isn't going to be good no, for you. I would be embarrassed. Well, and I just disagree agree with so much of it now. Mm-hmm. And I remember this old preacher, I had just released my first book at my dad's church and I was the youth pastor and he got up and he goes, 
and he, he had a real kind of raspy voice and he was writing the urban core of America. And he's like, no one should write a book under 40. If you got a book and you're under 40, burn it. And I had just released my book at like 25 years old. And my dad thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. And he asked the preacher to say it again because he thought it was funny. And I was like, dad, the whole youth ministry lost respect for me. Nobody bought the book. But the point is, Pastor Craig, I am grateful that some of our sermons have gone away. The yeah. sea of forgetfulness. Yes. But some of these are not. They're going to live forever. And do you ever think, like, to be a young preacher today, whoa, man, would that be a challenge? I think you feel 100%. I think the whole, like, I was old enough to where my identity was formed before social media. And, you what know, a was, thought. Yeah. And so I wasn't measured. I didn't measure my effectiveness or, you know, whatever by how many followers I had. And that was a gift. Yeah, and I didn't have to manage the um, what are people saying like, all all the time online, and so and then just the um, the the culture will cut you down so fast now you can't you, your head will spin, and so the pressure is real. What you say lives forever, uh, and the and just like the whole social media world, we do it, we live in it. There's a lot of important reasons for it, but it's really hard, I think, on people's identity, their self worth, and so. I, I do feel it's different. My kids always said, it's different being a kid now. Like it is actually different being a kid now. It's really different. And I just want to say, let the record show that uh, a couple of guys named Judah and Craig have a whole lot of empathy for these young communicators, leaders, preachers, public servants. I think these are, uh, the, the, the intensity level is at all time high. Yeah. What, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of good. And yes, sir. there's a lot Thank of- Thank you for reminding me of that. Well, of course. I mean, there's a lot- <laughs> It's of, true. Yeah, and like you asked earlier, you know, you said like, how do how do you you know? A lot of people say, oh, the pastors are falling all over the place. There are some falling, yes, and there are tens of thousands. Thank you. That many are not. more. There, That's there's right. so many that are faithful to their marriages, have integrity. That's right. Strive. None of us are perfect, but there are. I mean, there are so many of them in, in the world today. The media, um, you know, and rightly so, will tell the story of those yep. that don't live up to. Um, the, the right standards, but well they, they don't typically tell the story of the tens of thousands that right. do, do. And that's so true. So I celebrate all those out there. And there's a lot of them, and there's yeah. tons of great people to learn and they from. They are the, our churches. The our our staff. Our churches are full of people that are doing it well. That's right. Well said. Um, I have an interesting. Can you complete this sentence? The church should innovate like, um, like eternity depends on it. Wow. Wow. Can I was thinking Jobs or something like that, but I was, you know, like Steve Jobs or, you know, there's, you, you think that, but I think that the driving force shouldn't be to copy what someone else does. Mm. We should get the why behind the innovation. And what we found about innovation is most people tend to think you need more resources, you need more time, you need more money, you need more creative people, whatever to innovate. Actually, you just need more passion, right? Wow. It, sometimes it's not having more that makes you innovative. It's actually having less that makes you innovative because then you have to be innovative. What will drive you is the, like, we have to do this. It's like the four guys in scripture that got their friend to Jesus that cut through the roof. That was, that was, that was just pure passion. And they wanted their friend to meet Jesus. And so when wow. we, when the why is so strong that we really care about broken people and we, we're not trying to grow our pro, you know, our platform or whatever, but we're really trying to grow heaven, then that'll drive us and in, in the innovation will be a result of the passion. So I'd say we need to innovate like it matters to eternity. Okay, I'm gonna, that is so good. And I couldn't agree more. I'm gonna ask you uh, rapid fire questions. Okay. 
How often do you and Miss Amy have sex? Judah, you can't ask that. That is inappropriate. Oh, you know, I blame Lord. our production team. I, yeah. I didn't even want to ask it, Pastor I, Craig. I'm good. I've got a serious answer, um, funny answer. I'm not going to give you either one of do, those. Do you, but you're sexually active with Miss Amy. We, we, we've had sex at least six times. Well, we I was have six say children. That. We know. It's, we you, have, you know we you, have you, a, you've done the deed six times. I can so, tell you that much. So when I gave the birds and the bees talks to one of my son, he <laughs> said, that was gross. I'm never going to do that. And then he turned green and he said, you tell me you did not do that to mom. <laughs> I, said, I, said, well, I did six times. We know that, right? Just six times, son. I've been in the scriptures ever since. Yeah. You know, I've just been in the scriptures. Um, <clears throat> parenting in one word. Integrity. Integrity in one word. Alignment. Well, that's really good. Alignment, parenting. I like that. That's tough, actually. Um, a tough question. Yeah, that is, right? I yeah, just kept, I, you could keep going on and on. I just quit. Well, like, you know, Pastor Greg, they <laughs> call, next? They, 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 you know, Oprah mentored me. I don't want to get into how I learned, but uh, more rapid fire. Um, the best athlete in the history of the world. Mm. Well, I don't know. Jordan seems like a specimen that's hard to. He seems like jump, a man. He seems pretty yeah. talented. I'd probably go with Serena Williams, to be honest. She dominated her sport. But, you know, it's not a right or wrong answer. We asked. Uh, greatest. So, so I was a tennis player. and That's what I was going to. I was know, just and about Serena, to Serena, what. It, this you play next, next college level. tennis, ladies and gentlemen. Not tennis player. College tennis. Full ride scholarship. NAIA. N-A-I-A. That stands for not the NCAA. That's exactly what it stands for. So I was middle road, not NCAA. And so, yes, yeah, Serena, I got nothing. But the, the those gals are Okay, I got a question. She's amazing. Favorite tennis player of all time? Um, I grew up, I liked, I, I, I was hatched on Borg's cool composure. And yeah. then recent years, there's just so many. There's too many. The, I mean, we're filled with like number one all-time best Isn't right now. Wild? Like right now. I mean, yes. you, you name it. You tell me. I don't know. They're all the best. Agassiz, my all-time favorite. He's the greatest tennis player of all time. And then Kyrgios is my new favorite. You just liked his hair. Um, and his, I his love Andre's hair. Yeah. I really love him. I still love him. He had to shave it, of course. Uh, God rest his soul. He's alive. Um, uh, furthermore, um, your favorite thing to do when you have three hours on a Saturday I would say, I like, this sounds so bad, I like to go work out, usually with a friend, for three hours, mostly talking, listening to music, or if I'm by myself, listening to podcasts. I just like to, it's more thinking, reflecting than anything else. But it, a three-hour workout, which I could probably do in 45 minutes, but I like to let it breathe. Take notes, listen, talk, ask questions, dream. Yeah, same, same. Give me three hours, man. I'll turn that into a workout. I'll tell you that much. Uh, that was a lie. Um Another question, uh, you're, you're the most unknown part of your daily routine. What would shock us? Like, do you wake up and, and, and write poetry in the morning? That would shock me. That would shock wrote, me. Yeah. But I didn't know. Maybe. Most un- Haiku? Uh, <laughs> um, most un- unknown part of a what, daily discipline. What would discipline. be like, uh, we, would be, we would be shocked. Like people are shocked that be, I pray every day. What would you be day. shocked? You're in my office. What would you be shocked? What would shock people about Craig Rochelle? His daily routine. You know, we can't count no, like once a office. year. I don't know what's shocking to you. The amount of things you put in your water? Yeah, yeah probably the, diff- the different types of water that I drink. I've always got some kind of a supplement in the water. That might be shocking. 
Like, T- tell us about the supplement a little bit. You don't have to oh, name I, names I if they don't sponsor I, you. I can't. I don't even know the names of it all. Uh, I get, use noon tablets. I use, uh, there's a uh, electrolyte that I heard um, on, uh, I think it was Ferris, use it like a lot, like something weird. Uh, so electrolyte, um, a kind of ca- caffeine drink, noon tablets, vitamin C. Stuff. Anyway, there's like, I'll drink, you know, probably a gallon of water, but there's something different in it every time. It's like, that's like my Judah. Like, that, what's it going to be next? Just surprise me. I'm going to go with cherry lime. Come on, give me a different I'm going to go flavor. with root beer flavor one. <laughs> something in my water. In a, I'm losing it. Well, let me ask you. I am so boring. It's ridiculous. I'm, I apologize. That's like, that's the, and that's the, how about this? there you go. How about that's you're a, not boring because you look like a movie star. So how about you're not boring? Yeah, how about we should it. all be more boring so we look <laughs> so healthy? Um, favorite meal ever. <laughs> Oh gosh, I would say like if I'm cheating, breakfast is going to be, and I haven't had a long time, but man, give me some blueberry pancakes with thin, not too thick, with lots of butter and warm syrup. Gluten free? I don't even care. If we're cheating, we're just don't don't ruin it with gluten free stuff. Uh, Wheat's a terrible thing. Yeah, and then if I'm in Chicago. You know, I like pizza's pretty Are good. Are you you're doing deep ice dish cream. tonight? Is that I what's might, going, going I down? I might, I might. And then like like just good old ice cream with chocolate syrup and some fruit. Like it's bring it on. Chocolate cake, chocolate cookie. This is surprising, I think, for all of us. Yeah, no, no, um, no. It's also sickening in a way, to be honest, to hear you talk about these foods you eat. Most of us, when we eat those foods, uh, we blow up like the Goodyear blimp. So that's cool. Thanks for that, Pastor Craig. We all feel terrible about ourselves uh, I was hoping he was going to have like the cheat day, like Tom Brady. You know, like Tom Brady's cheat day no, is like Brussels sprouts. Yeah, no, Have no. you heard this? Yeah. He pro- just turned 45. Yeah, Tebow's same way. Tebow doesn't have a cheat day. Yeah, Tebow's he cheat is like a whole elk. He's like, I'm going to eat all, I'm going to eat the whole elk today. Tebow's cheat is driving by a donut store. You know who I have no more time for? Tim Tebow. I could tell you that much right now. I'm sick and tired of that guy. It's a joke, everyone. Relax. Last question. This is the last question. I'm kind of glad because you're making me nervous. These are hard <laughs> questions. Like, and what's one word for that? So three to and five times a week, you and Miss Amy? Three to five times a week? All right. Um, yeah, I'll answer that later. Three, okay, okay, deal, deal. Um, here, here's the deal. I'm going to give you a week with Miss Amy. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. I'm going to give you one week. Whatever you say, I'm, I'm writing the check. I just want you to go do it. Now, we got to be careful. You know, okay. you can't be too outlandish yeah. to go to the Taj Mahal or anything. But, but within reason, where are you and Miss Amy going, and what yeah. are you getting into? One of our biggest weaknesses is that we go back to where we went to, so I'm, like, not very adventurous. So well, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, so if we're going back, I'm going to North Shore, Hawaii, not shaving, not wearing a shirt for a whole week, walking down the beach, not knowing anybody. And just blending in in North Shore Hawaii. And just getting um, tan. Hawaii. Getting tan. Doing yeah. a little Does Miss Amy like when you don't wear your shirt? No, she actually does not like it. Be honest. Is that true? Doesn't like it. Yeah. Well, then why do you look so great? Yeah, she's like, put your shirt on. She she thinks it's like 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 being like flagrant. Like fifty like four year old man trying to look like put your shirt on. I, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I and I don't even know if this is gonna get on the podcast. First of all, I'm barely covered up as it is. You're be- you're like, if, you show if, more chest hair than I have. I buttoned this up. This is conservative. If I had Craig Rochelle's body, it's why God won't give it to me. 
I, I would <laughs> preach shirtless at this event today. Guarantee 100%. Well, Miss Amy, if you're listening for all of us, please let them go shirtless at the North Shore. I'm just like really glad you haven't been canceled yet. That's, <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the most amazing things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Ask me. There's like no end. We don't and have an that's how it ended right there. I was with them. She really doesn't he like asked me this one shirt off. Well, maybe at home, but not. But not in public. Not in public, no. No. I want you to take your shirt she doesn't off like in public. Me, yeah. And I'm not even married to you. Honestly, if you're down, you're so down. Hey, oh. are we? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> We're the weirdest church. Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thanks for coming, Judith Smith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Right? I'm like, Pastor Craig, tell us, um, 